0: Hi, I'm John Roberts. I'm Jess Fishlock. This is Owen Singer Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden.
1: And you are listening to Coleman Had a Dream Podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream Podcast. I am here as ever with Ruth. Hello. Hello. For recent listeners, we've been doing a Where's Ruth feature. (laughs) Ruth has recently been in Silver Falls, uh, Oregon. Where are you today, Ruth?
1: I'm actually sitting across the table from you in Costello's, Jamaica Plain, Boston, back together.
0: We've got the band back together, (laughs) so very special podcast. As a a consequence, we have come to our spiritual home uh, of uh, Costello's, so if you hear strange old men coughing, having a fit, some weird shit music, we uh, apologise, but not particularly. We have got a lot to talk to you about today. We haven't done a podcast for a while, so we're going to talk about the upcoming friendlies that have been announced for the men and the women. I'm um, going to do a roundup of some news, and then we're going to argue with each other about which midfielders should go to the Euros. How does it feel to be back in Costello's?
1: It's actually really nice. This is, like you say, the spiritual home. This feels very much like as things should be.
0: Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll start with the games for the men and women. The women are playing Estonia on the 6th of March at seven o'clock in Wrexham. Uh, An interesting game that one, I think.
1: I mean, I think for me, the big plus point is that it's at the race course. I think it's great that we're seeing more games, representative games up in North Wales, various venues. Um, The the Estonians haven't had a great competition thus far in their qualifying. they've lost three and drawn one uh, their ranking is is down in the in the 90s um, so not perhaps obvious opposition but I think right at the minute we might be looking more for a sort of Philip and a game that we can we can get some goals in and, and get some momentum and so for those purposes I think it's probably a good opponent
0: I agree and I think it's sort of a warm-up for the for the Faroes game to an extent, in the, in the in the level of the opposition sort of thing that we're facing, uh, and also the, you know that we're going to be having to break down a very stout team, and you'd imagine Estonia will will provide that test as well. Obviously, the big story—I say the big story—like it's making world's news is that uh, Jarmo Jarm- Maitekainen, I think I've said that right, who used to be the Wales manager, uh, is the Estonia manager and uh, obviously will be presiding over this game. So it'll be a nice, interesting uh, return for him, I'm sure, to the uh, to the fold of Wales football. It's also going to be where Tash Hardin scored her first goals, which ended up becoming a hat-trick for Wales as well, so I'm sure she will be happy to go along to that. If you are interested in going to that game, I know Hayley from Fee Wales is organising a coach, so get in touch with her uh, if you're interested in going, but I think it's uh, a good fixture.
1: Yeah, I think the the Estonia squad is, is quite ageing, and given how they've been doing in the, in the qualifying games thus far, they might be looking for a little bit of a reboot um, ahead of their next round of qualifiers again, so I think both both teams are obviously searching for something quite specific out of, out of this game. So, yeah, an interesting friendly.
0: I agree. Uh, the men have also announced two friendlies. I'd like the record to show that we called the Wales USA friendly a month in advance. I did get the date one day wrong, but my very drunk friend, football Chris, told me about it at the time. So I'll allow the uh, the one day error down to him. Um We are playing Austria on the 27th of March in Swansea and then the uh, USA on the 30th of March in a Cardiff City Stadium. Um, I think the Austria game is an interesting one. I think that kind of provides a bit more of a direct matchup with a team like the Swiss uh, perhaps in the Euros. I think it's also interesting to play a team like USA who I actually think in a lot of ways are actually quite similar to us. Um, Quite a kind of solid team. With a sprinkling of magic in, in Christian Pulisic. And I'd imagine that Pulisic was a big part of the the reason why we organised that game, a bit of sprinkling of, of fame, really, and, and and obviously playing for Chelsea is gonna is gonna help that. So um, an interesting game I thought.
1: Yeah, I think going back to the Austrian one first, obviously they've um, well both both of those friendlies are against teams that are ranked very similar to us. So I can see some, you know, there's some merit there in us having good competitive games. Um, Austria finished behind Poland um, in their group and are playing the Netherlands, Ukraine in one of the qualifiers in in their group in um, in the Euros. Um, what I think is particularly interesting is that they actually go on to play Turkey in a friendly. Oh, their I second friendly is against Turkey, so there might be some interesting kind of markers we can get between those between those two Absolutely. games. Somewhat difficult in friendlies, obviously, but. Um, it, yeah, I think the fact that we can go on and see how they perform against Turkey in their second friendly might might end up adding more to the fixture yeah, for more us. Yeah, value to it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's also good to see uh, a game in Swansea and moving. They are moving the the games around continuously. It's not just at the Cardiff City Stadium every day, every time. Sorry, although that is obviously our, our very much our home. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for people on the fringes of the squad. To have a game, and I think that's something we're obviously going to go on and talk about in a bit more detail later. But I think the interesting question for me, for these two games, is about the involvement of Nico Williams. He's obviously had a lot of coverage uh, of late. He played very, very well for Liverpool against Everton. Uh, Got some invaluable experience, I'd say, going out and playing in the Club World Cup. Um, The problem is that the game, or those two games, sorry, are on the same dates as the under-19s uh, elite round, which is he's obviously a part of. Um, they The Wales play Germany on the 24th, Serbia on the 27th, and then Austria on the 30th. What do you think? Should Nico Williams be involved, or do you think he should play for the under-19s in the elite round for them instead?
1: I think I'd rather see him play with the uh, with the under-19s in the elite round. I think you might actually learn more about those players that are very, very much on the fringe of, of the full squad to actually having three hefty competitive games in quick succession over that weekend uh, than you might do by having them on for 70 minutes in a friendly.
0: I, I, for me, I would argue that it would be worth... Gigs just having a look at him and training, having him at training just to help his kind of decision process. Um, I think for me personally, I would prefer I think the ultimate success of an under 19s team or any of the youth, uh, the youngest age group setups is the value they provide at the end of the day to the first team. And to me, Nico Williams has an opportunity to affect the first team in a positive way, so for me, that should be the priority. Um, there's kind of a flip side which is considering the first game against Germany is on the 24th of March it might be worth letting him play in that one see how that game goes if we get through that game let's say we win that game okay there's a chance we could progress maybe it's worth him staying there if let's say we lose the first game do, does he maybe at that point think, well, maybe it's worth him going up? Equally, lose the first game, draw the second game, we can't qualify. For me, at that point, it's worth getting him on the on the bus or whatever. Like he's going to take the ninety-four, um, <laughs> uh, get, get him getting his private driver to take him to the to the men's squad and get him to train with them ahead of the the USA game, just so that Giggs can have a look at him in kind of po- close proximity.
1: I do think it's an interesting opportunity for some cross-training between those squads. I'm, have, have they said where the under-19s are playing? Yeah. Uh,
0: no, it's still not been confirmed right. because two of them are two of them will be in Wales, I think, um, because we topped our group. Yeah. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, I did do some research on this. That I no, we're ho- we're hosting.
1: We're, it's just I haven't I seen... not oh, well,
0: we were hosting all three? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I thought we were just hosting yeah. two of them. No, three. we're
1: hosting. Oh. Right. Uh, so I w- but I wasn't sure if they'd announced where. And I wonder whether... Part of that might be a hope of, of trying to kind of inter- integrate the squads a little bit more over yeah, they that could weekend. Train yeah, yeah,
0: that's a very good shout. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if you think that one's in Swansea and one's in Cardiff, it wouldn't be unreasonable for them to maybe play their games in Newport and everyone train in um, in Cardiff at the Vale. So, yeah, no, that's true. That's, that's a possibility. I think it's worth having a look at him, though, because I do think, like I say, he can affect the senior squad, which is the ultimate goal of having a having a youth set up and everything else. So for me, I think there's, however it's kind of worked out, he should have a, have a role to play there.
1: Do you think, though, there may be more to gain ultimately for the senior squad by getting that under-19s through an elite round and into a tournament? Or do you think the chances of that happening are so small
0: I don't know. I mean, it's a really tricky one. I mean, if you would look into the future and see how that team do, then it's a different question. I think another big part of it maybe is that we have rushed a few people in the past. You look at Ben Woodburn, you know, had a great kind of start to life as a Welsh footballer uh, and then has kind of faded in the same way Harry Wilson did the same. He shot onto the scene and then disappeared. And it's only now a few years later that he's kind of grown and matured and everything else that he's able to be back part of it. So maybe there's an argument that, in not having them do their growing up somewhere, um, they will maybe suffer longer term. Uh, For me, though, if Jurgen Klopp thinks the lad is good enough to be in and around the first-team squad of, without question, the best team in Europe, in fact, the world, given what they've just won, then if he's good enough for Jurgen Klopp, the lad's good enough for me.
1: I, I don't doubt that. I'm just thinking more... By that I mean he's ready, do you know what I mean? Yeah, now I'm thinking more in terms of what the senior squad ultimately, not in the short term, but ultimately might gain by a really successful under-19 campaign. I I get what you're saying, that if he can impact the main squad, should he be in the main squad? And I I don't think you're wrong there. I think he can. I just wonder whether in the more distant term, we might get more out of the group collectively and hence more development I if mean, they go to to a, a yeah. tournament.
0: I I, I I mean, to an extent, I agree. I, for me, I think it's... If that team is that reliant on, on him, then are those players going to make it anyway? And I know this is a, a very... Ra- we've started wafting already. <laughs> uh, this is a very roundabout thing. But um, equally, I... I I think there comes a point when, if you're good enough to play against under nineteens, then you should be pushed on and stretched. And I think if there's other players who are in that setup and they can be stretched and go twenty ones instead, maybe then then that's worthwhile. Um, so I do I do get what you're saying, but I also don't think it's that important. I don't think I mean I I don't know the answer, but Gareth Bale didn't play under nineteens football and he's he's turned out all right. And I know he's obviously the exception. Um, So I do think, for me, I think it's better that they do their growing up as senior football because that's where they want to end up, is the very long-winded way (laughs) of explaining my feelings. Um, There's also one other game that's been announced uh, of late, which is Wales Sea against England Sea, which is on the 24th of March in Carnarvon.
1: Carnarvon. Yeah, just great just to see, like I was saying about the the ladies game, just great to see some of these fixtures heading north. Um, That'll be a hell of a night in Carnarvon. Um, and again i think it's um i think it's also great that these fixtures are happening around the same time i think there's a lot of momentum to be gained totally agree. from these fixtures taking place you know acro- across about a 10-day period there you've got what one, two, three, six internationals of various flavors yeah um that's great no
0: i agree in yeah. fact in that in fact in the month of march you have seven international matches uh, which is fantastic and as you say I think it's not an accidental design I'm sure that is very much designed with the Euros in in, in mind to bring as much momentum and everything else as they can take and I think the FAW recognised the more fans that were out in France four years ago definitely made a positive impact and I would imagine this is their attempt to kind of generate that as well and also help the women across the line uh, in their qualifying campaign as well um, Mark Jones and Owen Tudor Jones are back to manage Wales. Uh, England are making up their team of under twenty-three players playing outside the football league, uh, and ours are obviously going to be from the the Welsh, mm-hmm. the Welsh Premier. Well, not just the Welsh Premier League necessarily, but you'd imagine predominantly Predomin- so. Yeah. And I don't think we ha- have a, an age cap on it like uh, England do. But still, uh, last time we played, I think it was a two-two draw in Salford. So hopefully. We can get ourselves a win there. That was a very entertaining game. Uh, I think it was on mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the last so. time. Yeah. So it's very, very watchable. Hopefully uh, people can give that a go again. So let's move on to a few bits of Welsh football news. I said that like a really weird radio <laughs> presenter. Um, so we'll try and rattle through these a few of these because we, uh, we've got a big chunk to talk about later. But Andy King has moved to Huddersfield. Uh Great move for him. He's come on as a sub uh, on the weekend, which is a boot after not playing for so long. He played only played for Rangers twice, I think. Mm. Um, also, given there are a lot of Welsh contenders for midfield berths playing themselves out of contention, um, given you know injury, game time, etc., etc., I actually think that could be a really positive move for him and for us. Um, I rate him as quite a reliable player. Uh, in an area that we are quite short in and I think whilst I obviously wouldn't have him as a starter by any stretch of the imagination I think he is someone who could come on and do a job when you think about Matt Smith and blah 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 stuff we'll come on to later so I think it's a it's a good move
1: yeah I mean hopefully he's he's just going to build and, and get some time with them. I did think it was interesting that he he came on for that 10 minutes or so at the end of a a game they were drawing against yeah. a good side in Brentford and you know the the manager was prepared to put him on, so he must have kind of slotted in Absolutely. well within the squad already. So hopefully he's going to have an opportunity to build on that. I agree with you. I do think he's an incredibly reliable player. Doesn't do anything fancy, and I think we've historically we've played to his strengths in that regard. We haven't actually asked him to do much in that sense. Just be dogged and
0: resilient consistent yeah
1: consistent is a good one you're consistent and so i think there's definitely scope in our squad which is going to have a leaning towards youth it's going to have a leaning towards inexperience of having someone like him in there i can i can definitely see the merit in that and i think it would be interesting obviously to see what happens if he starts getting game time starts putting some pressure on those places
0: no, I totally agree, and I think it's going to be interesting. Like, well, I'm sure we'll move on to talk about a few of these other things afterwards uh, when we talk about the wider midfield stuff. One of the things that we have written down in our notes here is that uh, Wales uh, superstar Gareth Bale hasn't scored for 140 days. He scored yesterday, so already our stats and research are completely out of date and irrelevant. Um, he did score yesterday uh, in a Copa del Rey match for Real Madrid, Uh, which they won he despite scoring then got criticized for not celebrating enough Um, the goal took him past original ronaldo's tally of goals for real madrid um which is actually when you think about it i know they didn't get peak ronaldo but that's still a fairly incredible turn of events
1: um yeah i mean that's always the irony isn't it that you look at the stats you look at the production you look at what he's won and then you look at how he's regarded, none of it makes sense. It's yeah. um,
0: He has said he's going to let his contract run down and leave on a free, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. He is really just housing them in a, in a glorious manner. Um,
1: Although increasing talk about this potential Spurs move, I noticed there was an Ericsson swap element came in today, in the gossip today as well.
0: His agent, though, Jonathan Barnett, said he doesn't want a loan move. Mm. I'd be surprised if that one happens, to be honest. And the way Ericsson is kind of showing himself at the moment, I'd be surprised if, if Madrid took him. But who knows? Um, Matt Smith is set to be recalled from QPR. Sunderland and Ipswich are interested in He's only made eight appearances with QPR. I spoke to my mate, Oz. Oz has said that his he's a QPR fan. He's not just a randomer. Um, Oz has said that he has watched QPR, obviously, a lot. And Smith has just looked lightweight, unable to really make an attacking contribution to the team, not really physical enough for the championship, um, which is a shame.
1: Do you think, therefore, somewhere like Ipswich or or particularly Sunderland might work, if that's that's the hole in his his armour? I think to an extent,
0: I I think it will. I think at the end of the day, if he wants to make it as a professional athlete at the top level, he's got to learn to toughen Mm -hmm. up. And I don't think where he does that is that important. I think maybe taking a step down ability wise to League One, sorry Sunderland, um, is that bad? Mm-hmm. Because then he can concentrate on the physical stuff because he knows he's going to be f- technically good enough. I know that that Ipswich side do play fairly decent yeah. football, so that could be a good. I move. would
1: have thought the Ip- the Ipswich side has the Ipswich squad has more time for a Matt Smith type player perhaps than Sunderland. Uh, but then it's like you say, what are you trying to achieve, you know, is, is what you want to to kind of mix it up. Um, examine, you know, your physical kind of competences rather than your technical competences. May, maybe somewhere like Sunderland might be, a, might be better for addressing that.
0: I agree. Uh, there's also a flip side to this as well for me, which is, is he going to be better perhaps going to a, going back and playing under 23s football for a bit? where he can go to the gym and physically work on his strength, but that technical ability gets worked on because, ultimately, from a Wales perspective, the physical stuff is not actually what we need him for. We need him for the, the quick passing, and uh, we don't need him to be doing what Joe Allen does and break down play and be physical. We need that kind of the the passing ability he has to work. So maybe there's a, there's a, there's a conversation that maybe he'd be better off doing under-23s, which I don't really advocate for much. But If the goal for us is that he can play in the Euros, then that technical stuff is more important in the short term than the physical stuff.
1: I just don't think he should... I mean, as much as I'm sure he wants to play in the Euros in the summer, I don't think from a career point of view, he should be prioritising that. Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, it's easy for us to say that, here, You look at the players that... I mean, he's, he's at Man City. You look at the players that Man City got in that midfield area... There's a lot that needs to happen in a, in a, you know, for, for him to be able to break into that team in the me, in the medium to long term. Oh no,
1: no, I agree. I don't think that's a route for him. You yeah. look at that team. I don't think it's a route for so him. So
0: maybe in the short term, that the sixth month, a six month goal of, don't care how I do it, get to the Euros is something that can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's I, a weird I, one. I,
1: agree. I I I just think he's. He's. I, I would advocate for him to just make sure he keeps his, his career on the right trajectory. And the Euros will be ancillary to that, I think. No,
0: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I have been asked, I say I've been asked a lot, like passers by in the street, um, about injury updates on Mepham and Brooks. People have been asking us about that on Twitter. Uh, Chris Mepham posted on Twitter, in fact, last week that he's one week from his op and showed like a little video of him doing some basic exercises on knee, like bending and stretching stuff, which was positive. Um, Brooks apparently revisited his specialist after the recovery process wasn't going particularly well. Um, But there was a statement that said, uh, a comment, sorry, on uh, Instagram, I think it was, that he looks likely to be training again soon.
1: He's had a second op, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, And it sounds like, I mean, I'm definitely reading between the lines here, but it sounded like, some, he could feel something wasn't right and needed to see the, the specialist. And that has, whatever they've done, I don't know whether it was scar tissue or something, but just something needed easing up and it all seems a bit more positive. But I do think he's going to be touch and go if you look at the timeline that they're talking about um, out of Bournemouth in terms of whether he's going to get any play in in the domestic season before we, we start worrying about the euros i think it's going to yeah. be he's going to be really borderline on the dates i think
0: i think he's someone i want to talk about a bit when we do the midfielders mm-hmm. thing because as you say it might be touch and go but there's an argument that he's one of our best players well not an argument he is one of our best players we haven't got a big enough pool to pick from no. so no. the lad goes and we hope for the best
1: no, I think um, I think it's going to be a decision more about whether he is actually fit rather than whether we take him or not. Yeah. I think it's going to be he's what, either, you know, Bournemouth are saying you've just got to leave him alone for the summer rather than really oh, our God decision, Ruth. if you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 Again, another thing people have been talking about was an increased involvement for James Chester lately. Had a bit of back and forth in fight with Anne Roberts about this, where I accidentally thought that James Chester was my age. Uh, <laughs> He's five years younger than me. Apologies, James. Um, you look better than me. It's a bit of a weird one, this, because he has been involved more in terms of what he's contributed. It's actually not much. He captained Villa for the 5-0 win over the Liverpool, I think they were under nines, in the League Cup. Um, he also captained them against, I think it was Fulham in the third round of the FA Cup. Uh, but then in terms of the league, he's been on the bench. And from what I can see, I don't think he's actually played any Premier League football this season. No, I agree. That's
1: that's what I found as well. I don't think he's been on at all. I think he's just sat on the bench. Which, when you consider the issues that Villa are having, that for me is a a kind of a red flag. Um, Either they're not seeing enough in training or they've not got enough confidence in him physically to, to put him into the... The kind of meat and potatoes nature of the of the Premier League, because um, obviously he got through that ninety minutes, for example, in the in the um, League Cup game, absolutely fine. So I, I'm not sure it's actually a kind of durability issue, because they wouldn't have played him for ninety minutes then if that was the case. But there's clearly something not there's got to be a concern of some description, whether it's performance in training or what. Um, that means they haven't used him at all in the league when you consider the difficulties that Villa are having. I mean, having. that's what
0: I was going to say. When you look at them defensively, Villa have not been great. And when you think as well that they're in such a bad turn of form at the minute, you think, if nothing else, it's maybe worth a gamble sticking someone like that in. But obviously, they're not willing to take that, mm-hmm. um, which which does worry me. For anyone, if anyone saw that thing I was talking about with you and my... My, my, the point I was trying to make was it's a big injury to come back from when you're of that of a certain age uh, and I admittedly did think he was a bit older but I do think to come back from a, a knee injury like that when you are 30 years old even the way things are these days uh, is a big ask and, I, and I'm and i not sure he can do it um, and I certainly am not I would question the conversation whether he could do it from the viewpoint of Mepham Lockyer Rodden's Swansea tweeted today that he's back. Uh, uh, Ashley Williams' argument: um, uh, There's there's so many different options. Uh, I, I, I just don't think if he's not getting game time at Villa, who are struggling, they obviously aren't confident in him. Like you say,
1: yeah, I don't think it's even a decision at the minute, is it? He's got he he would have to start playing really regularly right now for him to even be under consideration for the squad. And it's not that's not really progressed.
0: No, and I think the bizarre flip side of the whole thing is Roldan's not played much. Lockyer uh, has been in a Charlton team of late who haven't played well. Ashley Williams has not been playing well and has been in and out. Um, then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, actually, maybe worth worth getting in for experience. Everyone else is either crocked or... Having a shitter. Yeah,
1: and Metham's going to be coming back from a serious injury.
0: You know, it. oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> why do we do this? <laughs> We're six months away from this starting. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one, that. I don't know exactly how I feel about the whole thing. He shouldn't go at the minute, as things stand for me, but that's a conversation for another day.
1: We've just had our first... Um, walk by head up against the window looking at what we were doing here at Costello's
0: we've also been joined by six people who in a completely empty pub have decided to sit on the table right behind us and have been as loud as humanly possible which is awesome uh all we need now is a fire fire brigade to go past they'll as i'm be, sure they will by, they'll sure. have heard yeah um the last thing i want to talk about news wise i wanted to spend half an hour on this in total and we are 28 minutes in okay this is actually i'm i'm proud of
1: us we'll right see. now we'll see we'll see
0: Right now, that was really American. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, the last thing I think it got announced yesterday was Neil Ward uh, is off to join Oshan Roberts in Morocco, the head of the FAW Trust, CEO, I think they, they, is his yeah. title of the FAW Trust. Um, uh, it's an interesting one, that. And obviously, Oshan knows, knows his, uh, his stuff, so he's recruiting people he thinks is going to have a big impact for him. A slightly wider point uh, is that Giggs has lost Oshan, now Ward. Steuvenberg is joining Arsenal, unless I'm much mistaken, after the Euros permanently. It's a bit of a red flag. and I've got to say, and I don't want to go too down this far down this road, Man United lost 2-0 to Burnley last night. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that Oli lasts to the end of the season, the summer and the Euros... And then they say, "Giggs, do you fancy it?" And maybe Giggs is thinking, "Well, look, I've lost Arshan, I've lost Neil Ward, I've lost my mate Steuvenberg. It's a big rebuild. Mm-hmm. Might need doing. A few aging players."
1: Yeah, I've ticked some boxes by getting us qualified. Yeah,
0: no one expected me to.
1: I think, um, I think you might be stretching it a bit. Uh, I'm not sure that the trust is perhaps very far up. Giggs' kind of awareness level, I think he's perhaps a bit more prepared for that to be administered sort of separately and away from him as the men's A-team coach manager. I think um, Coleman and Oshan Roberts were so much of a team that I think we might see more overlap there. Than perhaps in reality there was. I think the, the two entities are more distinct now. That's fair. and so I think it may not be the whole for gigs that it might have been a few years ago.
0: That's understandable. I I, I don't know. It I don't think I'm not from one second blaming gigs for this. I'm I'm not bashing him for that in any way. It, it's just a bit of a, an interesting circumstance. Um in the interim. Uh, he has going to be replaced by head of football development caroline spanton um so uh, it's an interesting one in terms of what's going to happen there kind of longer term and how he'll be replaced mm-hmm. whether caroline will get the job full time um but anyway i just, I just i'd re- reference the, the the thing for gigs in that his uh, his aim is unquestionably to be the man, man of Manchester United one day. Like I, I don't think anyone denies I think he wouldn't even deny that. And I don't have a problem with that either. You know, If that's what your thing is, you go for your life, mate. But uh, in terms of a perfect storm of a situation, this did ring a slight
1: alarm bell I just think the situation me. at United is not a perfect storm for him. I think there's so much rebuilding there needed is, right uh, now. Is he
0: a better coach than Oli, though? You know, I mean, it could, I mean, it can't be a worse coach, no, can he? <laughs> um, so maybe he thinks this is the perfect time to come on board because they're at the bottom of a low ebb. You don't have to keep them at the highest table, uh, so to speak, anymore because they're so far off that so clearly. Um, they've obviously got money to spend. Uh, whether it's you know who's in control of that is a, is a different is a different yeah, question.
1: I mean, that's been the problem, hasn't it?
0: Uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about I hate them, but um, <laughs> um, I do think. That's something I think the Wales fans should keep an eye on, in my opinion, because I think there's a, a, a weird, perfect storm, so to speak, of a situation happening, especially if we do relatively well at the Euros. No one expected Gigs to qualify, uh, so never know. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm being negative defeatist now. We, we, we were <laughs> six months away from the games. It's your fault. For, I don't know why I was annoyed with you before. <laughs> <but> with Brooks, <laughs> that's it. Being realistic. <laughs> Idiot. Anyway. Um, We are going to have a brief beer break. I preferred it
1: when I was two and a half thousand That's away.
0: But I can slag you off face (laughs) to face, which is very satisfying. Uh, We're going to have a quick beer break um, and we will be back forthwith. Okay, so we are back from our beer break. Uh, It's obviously getting louder in here. Um, We are going to talk about the midfielders that we think are going to go to the Euros. Uh, And that is based on a lot of kind of ifs, buts, and maybes, and who does he pick for that, and how many goalkeepers does he take, and all this other stuff. So, just for the sake of clarification, my stuff is based almost entirely on hunches and what I fancy. Ruth has done research within each of her life and has done statistical patterns based on how many times Gigs has picked players. <laughs> uh, mine's a lot more off the hook. I did it in work this afternoon. Um, so, to be clear, I am taking, as Wales manager, three goalkeepers, seven defenders, nine midfielders, and four strikers, including Bale. Bale is one of my four strikers. Have I done my maths right? I think so. Get in. So, you go.
1: Okay, so what I did was I tried to work out what patterns Giggs has tended to do recently. Um, And so I had a look at the the makeup of the 23 that he had for the Azerbaijan and Hungary doubleheaders. So, obviously, we've got into a pattern lately where we've had an initial squad of 27 and and then dropped it down to the 23. So, based on what he did back in November, he had three goalkeepers, four centre-backs, three full-backs, four midfielders that you'd think of as holding midfielders, a couple of number eights, four wingers, and... three folks that I'm thinking of as kind of dedicated strikers. Okay, so I think one of the key decisions is basically how that 23 are framed because then that obviously determines how many openings you've got for midfield. Um, Agreed. I, my Personally, my main um, kind of... What I'm on the fence about is whether I would take three or four fullbacks and hence whether I would take two or three kind of dedicated strikers. In my head, I'm not thinking of Bale as a dedicated striker. I'm, I'm thinking more of the kind of Kiefer Moore role when I'm thinking of that.
0: Can I just interject here briefly for what it's worth? I think I, I, I want to point out that we are doing this from what we would do. Rather yeah. than us predicting what's going to yes. happen, yeah. I, for what it's worth, I think Gigs will go three keepers, eight defenders, three strikers, which would include Bale for me, and then nine midfielders. Okay. Just to be clear, because I know before someone says, "Oh, this is stupid," yeah. this is what we would do were we yeah. Wales managers. Just to be just to be clarifying.
1: Yeah, so I think I end up with the eight at the back and. Sorry. Two plus bail, depending on how you count him at the front. Um, And so, from, from there, I actually, I'm not sure there's that many decisions to make, relatively speaking. I think there are a few, but I'm not sure there are that many decisions. All right, you go first.
0: I sort of agree and sort of disagree. Uh, the Chris Eddy is someone who asked the how many do we take question on Twitter which kind of started all this off um, Chris also asks if Ledley were to sign for Newport has been rumoured gets a run in the team will he be considered um, I think that Chris was ever so slightly tongue in cheek there or I at least hope he was um, I am going to take my nine midfielders and you're right there aren't loads of talking points but there are enough kind of interesting setups I, I, I think and talking points I think I would take Ampadu Alan Ramsey Morel James Brooks Wilson and this are the two talking points for me I think God I have having done this we haven't organised this in any way if you've agreed with everything I've said this is going to be crap I would take as the other two Johnny Williams and Rabi Matondo for me, as things stand, if you look at King, Smith, Volks, Levitt as the alternatives in the kind of middle of midfield thing, and then if you look at the Tom Lawrence situation as, as the, uh, one of the alternatives out wide, I I don't really think there's actually that much of a conversation to be had in those particular areas. For me, I never want Tom jo- Tom Lawrence to ever play. I said Tom Jones then. I also don't want Tom Jones to play for Wales. Um, I don't want Tom Lawrence to play for Wales again. King is only just going to be starting to play and maybe he'll play himself into contention. Smith, similar situation we've already kind of discussed. Levitt, I think, is one for the future 100%. I think he's got a lot of ability, but I don't think we're there yet with him. I think the thing for me is, is if Ampadu doesn't get game time, how much does that kind of change the dynamic? And someone, as I uh, scramble through my notes, he was asked us about that, um, Tom Albrighton on Facebook asked a similar type of question as did Galois in France Will Ampadu's lack of game time with Leipzig affect his chances of getting into the starting 11 or even making the squad uh, Tom also asked is it worth Ampadu cutting his loan in Germany short and looking for regular football in League 1 or the championship even uh, Championship or League 1 even was the way I meant to phrase that um, and I do think that's an interesting talking point so let's assume Ruth before you tell us what you've got please don't tell me you've picked the same as me
1: no somewhat not not hugely different as you'd expect but there are some differences okay that's
0: all right as long as we're gonna have an argument or something (laughs) um the Ampadu thing there's no way he's not gonna make the squad isn't there even if he doesn't play one more minute he's definitely making that squad right
1: i think i think so because his versatility is important i think the fact that you could put him at centre-back. You could probably play him at full-backs if you were really stuck. If the
0: lad wanted to play up front, I'd let him play there. (laughs) I think it's worth pointing out, and I could be slightly wrong now because I haven't updated my stats, but at last check, Ethan Ampadu has played more minutes for Wales than he has for Chelsea and Leipzig combined.
1: I would imagine so, yeah.
0: I know that was right up until fairly recently, so I don't think that would have changed So as a consequence, I'm not bothered because he does perform for us, so I'm not asked personally that he's not got game time at the minute.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as long as there's not an actual match fitness issue, I mean, I do think there are questions if you have to keep subbing him at 60 minutes in. I think that's where it might become a variable. I kind of liked what we did where we kept him on the bench and then brought him on for the last half an hour. I think that it wouldn't surprise me if we actually end up using him like that where he can come on and run the hell out of people for 30 minutes at a point in the game where their legs They're are flagging. going
0: yeah uh, I've just been asked on Twitter by fearless in devotion which is the great Wrexham Twitter account if you're interested in following um, has you know what about his hair? We didn't talk about his hair last time. Has his hair affected the situation? You do
1: worry about a Samson Samson and Delilah kind of issue, don't you? Do you know one
0: thing I did genuinely think is that when I saw him running around with the hair everywhere and everything else, he looked like a crazy man and it was brilliant and I loved it and now he's shaved it all off. He looks like a nine-year-old boy and and I just feel like I, I wouldn't be that scared of him. I mean, I would be, I'm scared of most things, but in a footballing sense, I wouldn't be that scared of him anymore. Which is weird because all he's done is have a haircut. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's his first haircut of his life.
1: Really? Apparently so. Kay. Really,
0: has okay. cutting-edge views here on the <laughs> "How to Dream" no, podcast. I just,
1: I just, I think I'm a kind of traditionalist in that sense, and it feels like Amber Perdue should have wild hair, and okay, so great. that that's the bit that concerns me.
0: I agree. Uh, again, important stuff. Um, <laughs> so, I think that is a fair point that I think Tom and uh, Galois and France have made. I, th-
1: I think his game time is, assuming he's still at Leipzig, I think his game time is more likely to affect how we use him rather than his presence in the squad. Like, there's
0: no argument that he yeah. goes, you know? I, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, one more question for you uh, on Matt Smith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does Matt Smith have a shout to the squad if he gets regular football after January Dai Donial on Twitter said that. I mean, I think so, but he need, obviously needs to be playing at regular. And where does he go? I know we talked about some options for him there. But I don't know. Like, I'm, when I say where do we go, I mean, where does he go in? The, where does he slot in, in the squad? Like, who drops out of there?
1: I mean, for me, if you're looking at the kind of holding partnership, it's going to be some combination of Alan, Morel and Ampadu with someone in reserve. And that someone could be King if he makes a run at games with Huddersfield. It could be Smith, in exactly the way you say. Let's say he gets a place with Ipswich and is you know, playing well and playing regularly. It could be Vokes if he gets a bit more time with Card. If that's actually one of the slots that I think is open for someone to make a case for if what you're going to do is take four potential holding midfielders. And I think you probably can if one of them is Ampadu because he he brings you some versatility elsewhere.
0: I think that's important as well, is that Ampadu gets mentioned a lot for his versatility. And that's one of the reasons I'd play seven defend. I'd take seven defenders, sorry, is because he can fill in and make an eighth. And that's why I think it's worth taking a ninth midfielder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. then the problem with that is, uh, just to go back to what you were saying, sorry about Smith, is that then that it's a question of who drops out. Yeah. Because realistically, you're probably looking at Johnny Williams, if we're honest, there to drop out.
1: No, you see, I would take four in the four potential players for the holding role.
0: All right, so let's let's break this down then. Yeah. Who, who's your four for the holding role that you're taking
1: right now? Yeah. It would probably be Volks.
0: So you'd take Ampadu, Allen, Ramsey, Volks.
1: Probably. Yeah I think so right right like today I th- as I said I think that fourth place is open for someone to make a case for Where, and I at the minute it's probably king that's in the best position so to even, make a run at it
0: and I'm interested, then would you take volks even though he's barely played for cardiff because you think he's the best of the available options at the moment or are you taking him because you think he's the better player do you, do you know no, what I, mean? I
1: think I think it's more a, a kind of, um, I want a fourth person for that slot. And Ampadu, th- whoever's in the fourth slot isn't really in the fourth slot because you might end up using Ampadu somewhere else. And Joe yeah, Allen yeah, has a propensity for getting yellow cards. He does love you yellow know? cards, for sure. They're, at some point, we're probably going to be missing... Well, one of
0: them. Yeah. One
1: of them. True. Um so that I think that's why I want four four folks that can at least notionally play that role.
0: You're making me question my decisions, Sam. So. Then,
1: I think in some respects, obviously, it all depends on what formation you're, you're imagining. I'm imagining a four, two, three, one. Yeah, like we have like been we playing. Like we finished yeah. off the qualifiers with. Um, and so I think with what... If everybody's fit, what's going to be a relatively inexperienced back four? You know, you, you'll you'll have Davies, hopefully out on the left because he's another one that you know we've got to wait to see what happens with his injury. God! <laughs> um, but you're going to have Put an in- stress
0: in my life right <laughs> now. <laughs> I don't
1: you're going to have an inexperienced back four back there with with Ben kind of running the show effectively and relying on Wayne and Ben to run the show. So you want a strong two immediately in front of them. Then if we're going for a kind of number eight with two wingers, which seems to be the what we're leaning the logic, towards, yeah. then I think, obviously, it's Ramsey first, but I think Johnny Williams, assuming he's fit, has made a, a case for being the understudy there.
0: As the number eight? As the mean? number eight. See, that's interesting because... I put him in as the understudy to Ramsey as the number eight. But also, I felt, I f- and I feel that he can, as Ramsey can, be flexible in what they do in that role and kind of drop in a bit. Mm-hmm. And if we need dro- uh, Ramsey to drop deep, I'm not sure how I'd feel necessarily about uh, a Wilson playing as a 10 or an 8. Or, uh, do, do you know what I mean? Uh, so that's why I put Johnny in, because he helps Ramsey with some versatility. Now, I know he's not Aaron Ramsey. And I would probably, if we needed someone to drop in there, I'd probably drop Johnny in next to a holder and keep Rambo as an eight. But that's why I put him in there. And it's a difficult one. And I think what I, the thing I don't want to do, and I think that I is different to last time, is that I felt last time there was about, let's say, 18 lads. And I'm being a bit generous there. There's 18 players who went last time who could be part of the team, realistically 16, and everyone else or a lot of the other players that went was a reward for their loyalty, if we're being honest. Whereas this time, I feel like there's a genuine argument over a a lot of the positions and and areas in the 23. So I think that versatility is so important that I don't know... And it makes it a a more difficult decision because if you're adding a midfielder there, I'm taking a defender away somewhere else pointing over there like they're all over there they're not it's not the (laughs) x-factor they're not sat in the corner of costellos gareth you're on the plane um
1: i do think that's that's a really important um distinction between this summer and four years ago and i i do think it's going to need managing because yes there were people you know bradshaw might be an obvious example who was who was right on the cusp of going last time but there were relatively few players that were in that position, whereas now you could have eight to ten players that have been relatively involved with the squad over the last two years. I mean, I'm not talking about you know the hedges of the world who you know probably got can't expect. Up. Did
0: he get called up once? I think.
1: I think he got one cap of the gigs, um, but he's scoring goals in Scotland yeah. for dues. Um But I do think there's. Perhaps eight, maybe even ten players that have been uh, involved enough that it's going to be a difficult conversation. Come the day where it's you're not you're not on the plane to Baku.
0: That's so, so true. I was when I was doing my research with this, I was kind of looking for looking through things, and Lockyer didn't get a look in for the first couple of games mm. and finished the game, uh, finished the campaign. And you'd say after Mepham and Rodden, he's he's probably the next man off the rank, so it's interesting how the mm. the dynamic is going to work. And, and I do think it's great for the squad and for Welsh football that we have real competition. Yeah. It's not just centre halves injured. James Collins will play. Like there's a, there's an argument about whether that's right or wrong. No more typified than Morel, for example, who, Christ, I mean, we were we couldn't believe it in that game. Uh, I forget which one it was now, where he was picked to start. I think it was the Azerbaijan away yeah. game. Yep. We were, I mean, uproar sounds a <laughs> bit strong, but what not far off. Yeah, yeah. And it turned out to be a great decision. So even in all of these areas, there is real competition. He's picking the person he thinks is best for that role, not just the next, you know, the next big name off off the rank. Like I said, it's, it's really, it's really interesting. Already we're waffling. Um, <laughs> uh, not, we've, we've not talked about the midfielders for <laughs> 10 minutes. Um, so I've given you my nine then.
1: Okay. Where'd I got to? So my wingers.
0: Sorry, just let's, sorry. for the sake of clarity, just so because I'm stupid. <laughs> you have gone Ampadu, Allen, Ramsey, Morel. And that's, I think, as far as we've got with your four. Ampadu,
1: Ampadu Allen, Ramsey, Morel. I would take Johnny Williams as my second number eight.
0: We do love Johnny.
1: And at the minute, I would be taking Will volks as a fourth right. holder. This, that's the position I have the most about yeah. it. So that's,
0: the, that's your fifth?
1: No, he's my fourth holding midfielder.
0: No, no, I know, no, but I mean your fifth midfielder in general. Probably. Ampadu Allen, Ramsey, Morel, Johnny, Volks, Sorry, yeah, you're six. I'm on
1: six, yeah. Then I would take James and Wilson. And Brooks. Um, again, we've got to assume they're all fit.
0: So that's your nine. Yeah.
1: And then Bale, it's like whether you're counting him notionally as a striker or yeah. not. I mean, I'm not going to play him like that. I would be playing him on the right in the yeah. way that we did by the end of the qualifiers. Um, so for me, I'm ending up counting him as a winger. Uh, but um, I think you've the the the... the Outcome of that is, in my thinking, I haven't got a place for Matondo. I haven't got a place for Tom Lawrence. I haven't got a place for Matt Smith. If I'm taking votes, I haven't got a place for King. I haven't got Levitt in there.
0: To be fair, I think it's fair to discount Levitt at this point. He's yeah. played. I think he played once for the seniors Man United first team this season uh, in an EFL Cup yeah, game. I, mean, I he was, think
1: he was very much an, an extra an understudy. Yeah, um, and he got. Uh, but he made the 23 that
0: and you, and Giggs
1: c- kept for the Azerbaijan and Hungary games. And I
0: like and think well. it's worth noting, though, that, you know, Johnny is injury prone. and I, I think it is, it would be naive of Giggs to assume everything is going to be fine. And he does need to have someone lined up in that role. And whether it is you, uh, a King, a Smith, a Volks, even a Ledley, which, you know, knowing how things work for Wales, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, it is an interesting one. And, I think a lot of it is based on who who would be the injured player, who you'd have to replace it in the in the in the event of a tournament. Because if you gamble that Ampadu Allen Morella Fine, you've wasted a place on King there for a Matondo, let's say, who could change a game. So it's a really interesting gamble I think that Giggs has to take. Um Matondo's an interesting one for me. I was talking to, I think it was Barry Horns on Twitter. In the first instance, I I didn't think I would take him. I've watched him a couple of times. uh, German football's on quite regularly over here. So I've watched him a couple of times for Schalke. And he's been so dynamic. But I could not count the amount of times he gets into a great position, picks the wrong pass, plays a dreadful pass. I mean, there was one game, I think it was against Dortmund, he had three one-on-ones and missed them all, but he has got the pace and dynamism to change a game. I'm worried that Dan James is going to get he's going to be knackered by the time the world the, the Euros come around, and I, I think he's going to need some managing, fitness-wise, and, and everything else. And I think Matonda, whilst again, I wouldn't be starting him. I think he's someone who has got the dynamism and the, the thing about him to to kind of change the game. Um, I think. I'm just going to, sorry, look through my questions here. Um, Tom Albright asked ask actually kind of two-part question. One of them was, do you think morale is worth taking to the Euros? Playing regularly for Lincoln, although they are mid-table. He says he saw Lincoln against Sunderland. What a great sentence. Um, and he was shocked at how poor he was when they came to the stadium alight. He looked like a rabbit in the headlights. What do we think? It's an interesting one, because I've, again, obviously haven't seen him, but he's earned a lot of positive reviews. uh, And the general chat about him has been very encouraging. So I would obviously take him, and he's performed well for us. But it's interesting that someone who's actually seen him firsthand has has obviously been less less positive.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think context is everything there, isn't it? The, The role that we're asking him to do, particularly next to Alan, is mean simple is not that's not fair but it's we're not we're i think we're playing to a strength that he has within that 11 um and i i couldn't say how lincoln are using him particularly but i think there is clearly what we're asking him to do in our framework he's delivering very well so why would you why Change would you not? That. Yeah, and
0: I think that I think that's a great point. And I, again, I would point to Kiefer Moore, who's not set the world on fire at all with Wigan this season. I think he's got three goals this season. Um, but for Wales, we play to his strengths, and we've often talked about square pegs, round hole situation, and we've actually finally found like almost niches for players, and that's for me why Morel. A hundred percent goes. Potentially, if Ampadu's not played, even starts the first match against Switzerland, just because he does that role that we need him to do really, 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 uh, really, really well.
1: Based on how he played with Allen in the Hungary game, I would be starting him against Switzerland right now. Um, it does depend whether Ampadu has been playing with Leipzig. Ultimately, by June, it will depend what, what yeah. Ampadu has been doing. But right now, I would I would start Alan with Morel, and I would bring Ampadu on with about 25, 30 minutes to go.
0: I would do it the other way around. Okay. I would hope that Al- Ampadu's dynamism has got enough out of the game that they're kind of overcommitting, and uh, Morel's kind of neat and tidy play and can... Sell help, help us sew it up and, and move the ball along quickly to to your Allens and Ramsey to play on the break. I can't believe around this conversation, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's what I would. That that was my. That's that's what I would go for. But I, I think either way, the argument of does he go?
1: No, I don't think he's I'm an right absolute now. nailed on yeah. for me.
0: Yeah. Um. So I did want to ask one quick thing to you. I don't know why I'm pointing like this. <laughs> um, which was, Steve Moore tweeted us, asked about our thoughts on Christian Deutsch. I did a blog uh, about 10, 10 days, two weeks ago, about the strikers. And I said that I would take four strikers to Euros, Bale being one of them. Uh, and I would take... Um, sorry, this place is so the funny farm, <laughs> isn't it? Um, I would take Bale Moore... Vokes and Super Hal. Mm-hmm. I say these things because I, I do think things might have changed, even in the two weeks that I've said that. In that, Deutsch keeps scoring goals. Yeah. He's now up to eleven for the season. Vokes has scored three this season, um, and he scored all three since the seventh of December. It's so difficult at this stage to, to change that. But you would have to argue that Deutsch at least deserves a shot. And I think when we're looking at this stage of the season, he's played more games than any of the other striking options we have. He scored more goals than any of the striking options we have. But it's an interesting one because it just goes to show the stats aren't everything. Because if you said he scored 11 goals, let's start him over Kiefer Moore, you'd probably have a riot on your hand. So it's not as black and white as that. It is an interesting one, though. And for me, we were talking earlier about Nico Williams making that squad for the for the March games. Deutsch has got to, he's got to be in that squad. And over the options of people like Tom Bradshaw, who has been, has been mentioned, I think he's got to be in there over Bradshaw. And I... At this point things have maybe dried up a little bit for Bradshaw goals wise. It is an interesting one, but for me Deutsch has gotta be in the next friendly squad and if anyone's gonna get dropped it's on the basis that I would take Super HAL, but if it's if it's someone's gonna get dropped, it's gonna be folks.
1: Mm. See I I I'm in two minds about how to use the March friendlies. Because I think there is a real argument for the likes of Morel and Kiefer Moore whose club teams, I mean, in various ways, it's not quite working for them at club level, yet it seems to be working for them at an international level. And so I kind of want them to keep that momentum. So part of me would be like, put out Kiefer Moore and just go with it. And then part of me is we've got to have a plan B whatever that plan b is is the main plan b Hal. in which case should he be playing in the friendlies and then does doj even get a look in at that point the brad yeah. you know volks or doj or bradshaw who or whoever <laughs> is is next on the depth chart in gigs is thinking even if he's so
0: passionate about that she's almost knocked a <laughs> pint over there
1: even get a look in because actually you give you know, one game to more and you give one game to Hal and someone else is on for 20 minutes and it doesn't really achieve anything. I can see the, pl- the plus points in friendlies in terms of getting together and having some squad development and all of that. But often it doesn't tell you much. Um, and so if you look at what's happening day to day at club level you've just made a very good case for Deutsch being involved. But if you use that argument, you wouldn't be taking Kiefer more.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And like we keep saying here, it is such a tricky situation. I think for me, we should be uh, concrete in what our style of play is. But I think there's still an option for people to be looked at now. And I think by the June friendlies, that's when things are really Mm -hmm. cemented in. Not June, sorry. Is it June they're going to be friendly? There's there's going to be something in the build-up yeah. to the actual... Um, May. Um, End of May, uh, early June, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's the time when we're cementing things. And I think as a consequence, this is definitely a time to experiment. And that's why, for me, Doi just needs a look-in. By the same token, we don't know yet that he's going to be able to do the job that Moore can do if Moore got injured. Mm-hmm. And equally, I know Moore has been the kind of the mainstay of our style of play in.
1: Three games. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah, yeah.
0: And if the lad gets injured, or. I mean, I was going to say if he hits a bad streak of form, I, I don't think he would be in much worse form club wise, if we're being honest. I mean, it's a very, very difficult decision. And I don't know if you look at Hal and just think he's changed the way he's played a bit. If we took Doige or Hal and Vokes and more we, we ended up with four blokes who are basically the same thing so it might be worth sticking Brad uh, yeah Bradshaw in just because he's something different mm-hmm. I argue that I think Hal is, a, is the something different I think it, Hal is
1: different from more if that's, if that's your key like striker pairing one in one out kind of approach that does bring you some variety the trouble the, the question is are you looking for variety or are you looking for a sub you know a sub yeah
0: and I think we have to have the variety if we want to go and try and win games. But I also think we need a sub in case Moore gets injured. If plan A is working, there's also an argument to stick with it. So I really, really I mean it is such a it's such a tough one. The point is, uh Steve, that I think and I think we're both agreeing that Dodge is worth a look. I just don't see him going. I gotta be honest.
1: No, I can't. I can't see him going at this point. I think it would be because someone else was injured, right? You know, if you were, if you were picking yeah. the twenty three, right yeah. Now, if
0: more gets injured, yeah. all of a sudden we're at panic stations, and yeah. then we need to go again. Yeah. So we're talking about Doige. There, we have had a tweet from the ninety fourth minute asking if we could take one uncapped player to the Euros. Who would it be, and why? I think we're right in saying that Deutsch has never been capped for Wales. So he could possibly come in that list. Mm-hmm. But I think you've got a few other options as well.
1: Well, obviously Nico Williams, based on what we were uh, actually, were we chatting about that on air or were we just chatting about Nico Williams?
0: I on air. Look, look on at us. We, 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 we. You keep going with it anyway.
1: Okay, so obviously Nico Williams might be in contention. and Perhaps is top of, top of that list. Um, I think Ben Williams... Uh, who is a left-back that's been playing for Barnsley, might be someone else that sneaks in. Um, he's in the under-21s. Um, he's played probably half of the games for Barnsley over the season. They're not having a great season, but he's at least getting regular regular, regular games. Um, the other one I think might make it, and this might be who I would bet on, actually, is um, Owen Evans, the goalkeeper. He is technically Wigan's goalkeeper, uh, but has been out on loan um, with Macclesfield for the first half of the season and has just been loaned on to Cheltenham. Um, So he's been getting regular League One games all season. Um, And so it wouldn't surprise me if he actually ends up in the third goalkeeper squad position and hence becomes an, an uncapped player that that slides in unexpectedly i think that's a
0: good shout. he's gone completely under my radar as has the lad from barnsley um so i think they're great shouts i think the third goalkeeper spot is a fascinating one when you consider that the, the three goalkeepers that we have at the minute none of them are playing um god um so i think that's a shout i'm still campaigning for uh oh williams but that's i'll have that argument another day um
1: Where would Uh, you be going then?
0: uh, I'd be going Nico Williams. I just, Mm. I know people are saying the under-19s thing and he's a young and a plumber. The lad's class. And I I just, I see no way that if you're going to take an uncapped player, for me, it's got to be him. The lad is different. gear, And you know, people are saying, oh, you've only seen him for 20 minutes. Like, we are very fortunate over here. We get to see, but you can basically watch any game, FA Cup, League Cup, uh, everything. So I've, all of the games that he has played for Liverpool this season, I have seen, um, and I think he's, I think he's outstanding. I really, really do. And the the experience argument is irrelevant to me. Like we said, Ampadu has played more. In fact, I don't know how many times he played for for Exeter, but Ampadu has probably played more senior minutes in his career internationally than he has at club, or at least very close. Um, so for me, it's got to be him. I think he's an outstanding talent. Offers us something very, very different, uh, defensively, offensively, offensively. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and Connor Roberts isn't playing well. No, he's in and out no. of that Swansea team. G- I, I'm looking forward to our argument on defenders, <laughs> but Connor Roberts is out of the Swansea team as much as he's in it at the minute. He isn't particularly playing well. You know, what's the difference when we threw we threw Connor Robertson? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 my concern is, and I know we're going down another rabbit hole here, but mm-hmm. I, I I worry whether Chris Gunter would, will make the Euros. And I know he is playing again now, which complicates the situation. But, what I, I mean, maybe. Does Conor Roberts not make the Euros? Guntz does. And, and Nico Williams ends up as a starting right back himself. Like, it's just... I don't know. There's a lot of big, big questions to be asked there. I mean,
1: that's the sort of maverick move you could see Gigs yeah, doing at, like ironically. That. You know? So... Uh, yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't put that past him. Uh, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think if you asked me who who on our list of uncapped players is the most likely to to get a cap first, he, I think he would clearly be top of the list. Um, but let's let's not have the defensive discussion because we'll have a we'll have That's another big argument part. about yeah. that.
0: <laughs> um, my final couple of questions. In fact, final two questions.
1: That would be a couple of questions, yes. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) To be fair, it's been an awful day. It's 7 o'clock and I'm on my third beer. Um, Both on a Wales kit. We haven't announced our away kit yet. we haven't. Football Gaz has asked, when are we finding out about the new away kit? I have absolutely no idea, mate. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the build-up to the Euros... uh, you know, spend you, your money now. You
1: Feel like it might get rolled out for a March friendly or two. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, I do worry there'll be some sort of identikit template as as a Wouldn't lot of them have been. Surprise me
1: if it's just an inverted version of what we have, like a yellow with red numbers inverted. What we have,
0: I can see it as an inverted version of the current away kit, where it's a green with white stripes. Okay. Um, but I mean, we don't. We have no inside I- info for you there on that one. I'm um, afraid. We have inside <laughs> info on anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'd like to say we've got all the, all the team selections right of late. We knew about the USA game a month before everyone else. I know, but yeah, I'm, I mean, more, we're not. We're like not accident. Than we're design. not in the know, but you know, <laughs> we know shit. Um, crea- Jason Harris, sorry, has asked, "What would we like to see from a newer Wales away kit?" Now, I actually quite like the idea of the inverted current away kit, which is green with the white stripes. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be nice. But if someone doesn't do some version of that yellow kit that we wore in Moldova with the black stripes, if that had like a black stripe across the middle or something. So
1: you want black tram lines or something, do you? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with I that mean, shade of yellow. To be honest, if they just put out that one, I'd be we'd all buzzing. be more than happy. Oh I, 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 don't, I don't know why they need—they feel they need to reinvent the wheel here. We're not demanding. There's the there's something off the like relatively speaking off the shelf that we all loved. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just run with that?
0: I bet you a lot of it these days when it comes to the kits is because of the new, the way we've designed our new badge. We, if that if they want to stick with the kind of green outline. Mm and then the yellow, and then the black. I, th- I think they feel that's probably going to be a bit weird. Too busy. But then again, I suppose they've got the green outline, and then they've got the yellow sleeve detail thing for the new kit. Have you got the new shirt?
1: No.
0: I'm going back home in March. In fact... You're I was, going
1: with a mm, shopping list.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not gonna, I was gonna say oh, don't tell me, ma'am. She's not going <laughs> to listen. Um, that uh, I actually land on the day that Wales Play USA. Oh, no. And I'm going back to visit who is going to be either my new niece or nephews. as well sisters pregnant. So... I can't decide on the circumstance whether I want them to have been born, so I can be like, "Oh, hi, great to see you. Take a photo of me and the baby." I'm going to the pub, or they've not been born. No one's me anywhere near them because I'm my sister's going to be irritable, and I can say, oh, great to see you all." I'm going to the pub.
1: I think you need to like quarantine yourself or something. Like you've been on this long transatlantic flight. You yeah. know, like how many lurgies and bugs there yeah. are on planes. Like you shouldn't be going anywhere near a baby yeah. for at least forty-eight hours. That's true.
0: Mum, if you're listening, uh, that's that's the line I'm going to go for. 35. Um, so, I don't think... This is quite weird, actually, because I don't want this to end, because we have not done a podcast together face-to-face for, for such a long time. Do, do I have, have run very, out of things to say.
1: briefly talk about the clubs. Just because Wrexham are actually, like... Oh god! They're not at the bottom of the table anymore. Um,
0: Actually, I, I can
1: I can say Wrexham with somewhat of a smile on my yeah. face. <laughs>
0: okay, we'll do a quick thing on the clubs. And if you are a fan of Cardiff, Wrexham, Swansea, uh, Newport, or Merthyr, I'm sorry, because this is completely improvised. <laughs> but Wrexham have definitely. Uh, I was going to say turned a corner. That's a bit premature, but a good win. I think they won three nil. Wasn't yeah. it on the weekend? They've won
1: three of their last five. They're up to eighteenth. Um. And there's starting to be a touch of a gap in between the bottom two and the, yeah, and the rest that. of the table at the minute. So, I mean, obviously, it's things can turn around so quickly in that in that league. But it's at least, you know, compared to a discussion we had a oh month ago, it's at least going in the, in the, in the right direction. Plus, yeah. the
0: lads they've gone in on loan, I'm sure you'll know the names better than me. One of them scored on the weekend, one of them got an assist as well, I think. So that's definitely been a big, big positive. And they need it. I think if Wrexham go down, God forbid, I think they would be in such big trouble.
1: Yeah, no, I think, yeah, the, the bottom would fall out of the, the little racecourse world yeah, at that point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Newport seem to be absolutely loving a mid-season dip. I think third season in a row now they've done this. They did get a big, big win against Swindon, who were, I think, top of the table uh, when they beat them on the weekend, which was a massive win. Absolute top shithousery as well the, the newport players celebrated both goals like in front of the swindon fans i think it was I a that. brilliant <laughs> clip on twitter of uh, of laderby the second the goal went in it, like he didn't score it wasn't him who scored everyone else kind of ran away to celebrate and there's three of them who just turned around like in front of the swindon fans loved that um
1: yeah if you include the fa trophy game they've won three in a row now it's their games in hand that are key. They've got three games in hand in most of and the teams around them. And they had this last season them. as well, didn't they? Yeah. I guess, I guess it's because they've done marginally back. I mean, they haven't had a great cup run this but year, but they've had a better, a than, a better, most, cu- better yeah. than most cup run. Yeah.
0: It's an interesting one. This is the first time that Flinney has been under some sort of pressure. I think we talked about this last time. And there have been a few calls, um, but I think he's definitely the man to, to kind of keep in there. Yeah. Um, and they have signed a couple of people in the, in the window. Ash Baker is the name that springs to mind. And he started on the weekend um, in, their, in their win against Swindon. So hopefully this is them turning that corner now. Um, as we are doing the clubs, I very briefly... Uh, M- uh, Mertha, by the way, actually, sorry, before I get on to slagging Cardiff off, uh, got a 2-0 win against Farnborough Town uh, on the weekend. And again, they've been very hit and miss. Uh, one step forward, two steps back sort of situation with them. Um, So that was a a good and important win for them. They did come back a couple of weeks ago from 2-0 down to draw 2-2 at the death as well. Um, So, yeah, so hopefully some positive shoots for them. Very much uh, kind of lower mid-table. I went to New York on the weekend, (laughs) and I'm not just showing off. um, And on the bus, I thought, I'm going to watch (laughs) Cardiff-Birmingham. And
1: is it 90 minutes you want back?
0: I, I don't even want it back. I think <laughs> I, I think I want to be like financially rewarded. <laughs> uh, it was a dreadful game of football. They were so bad in the first half and how Birmingham... I think Birmingham only 1-0 up at half-time. Such a bad game of football. But they come out with a draw. And that's the thing about Cardiff. They keep doing this. And their championship this year is a really poor division. West Brom and Leeds are... Uh, the top two and neither have won in I think either seven or eight games or maybe one win in seven or eight games it is a very average division Brentford are in hot form I think in third so maybe they'll kind of disrupt things but Swans are still in the playoffs um I think Cardiff are just outside
1: yeah the Swans are seventh right now and Cardiff are in 13th but it's like it's you know you sneeze and the table changes. Very true. You know,
0: it's that. not dissimilar. It's a Premier League, which is <laughs> yeah. also bonkers. Yeah. Newcastle has seven points off relegation and five plates, points off fifth. Okay. So, Brucey's mags. We're going on a European tour.
1: That's crazy. It is That's crazy. Not, yeah. I mean, the, the thing with... Going back to the championship is... Sorry. you No, but you could have a... You, the irony is you feel like the Swans are having... In inverted commas, a better season than Cardiff, but better in that league is just such a, a random process. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're seventh. That you know, they they are knocking on the door of the playoffs, and Leeds and and West Brom are having their you know mid season crises. Even Brentford are not playing quite as well as they were. Um,
0: oh, sorry I've just said Brentford are third knocking on the door they are the—they f- have been the form team sorry but they're fifth my mistake yeah. Fulham are third um, but yeah, even right.
1: Fulham aren't playing well no so you've got this weird situation I think the money that
0: Fulham have spent uh, that <laughs> lad from Brighton what was his name um, Knockart. art <laughs> uh, you know th- the money they spent on him the wages and everything it is a bonkers league and yeah. you look Cardiff are what seven points behind Swansea mm-hmm. at the moment which is not much. Sorry, six points behind hand card, uh, Swansea at the moment, which is not much. I mean, two wins and you yeah. could be in the yeah. playoffs. It, is, it yeah. is a bonkers division. But I
1: think if you look at what's been happening in the window, and that obviously the window hasn't closed yet, but Swansea have had a really positive window. I mean, the way Cooper is leveraging his, his connections Absolutely. with that under-17s team. Um, and also what's interesting is it's obviously, it seems clear that the, the host... Like the owner clubs, you know the Liverpool's and the Chelsea's of the him. world, are really pro their players going to Swansea, which says something as well, doesn't it? So, um, I've I've been really impressed with what they've what they've managed to Absolutely. knit together.
0: And I think uh, the uh, Bruce has scored his first goal, his first league goal of his mm-hmm. career on the weekend, assisted by the other new player on loan, Gallagher. Gal- yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a great a great start for, for those two. And I think they have done great, great business. They've got a defender in as well. I forget the lad's name um, on he's, loan. He's,
1: yeah, oh, it'll come to us. <laughs> but, uh,
0: yeah, I, I think they've done really well. Uh, just one more thing on Cardiff. I do have to say that as tiresome as they can be to watch, I did think they were very good against Swansea and the better team of the South Wales Derby. Uh, and I will also say that I think it's exceptionally unfair... Harris is getting the stick he's getting he's got Warnock's team they're not a great deal better but I think they are a a bit better from what I've seen Um, you can't expect him to turn around a team of players who basically are one trick ponies they're kind of very direct and supposed to play a certain way you can't change that round in a short space of time without bringing in new players or having money to spend and everything else when there is, in the middle of a congested time of the year, they're playing every three days, FA Cup games, replays, injuries, people coming back. I mean, Sean Morrison, bless that man. He needs a rest. He looks like, he, for me, I think he looks so tired and beaten, um, uh, slow off the pace. I, I think, to, to go back to what I was tra- trying to say there, is that I, I think Harris has got a, a bit of st- an unfair bit of stick for me. I think if they're still crap at the end of the season, they've allowed it. They allow him to buy players and stuff now, then that's different. Mm-hmm. And I even think if he lasts, you know, until this time next year, and they're still crap and it's still dull to watch, then that's different. But I think right now, and I understand Cardiff fans' frustration, but right now, I think he very much needs the benefit of the doubt. And I, I get that he wasn't everyone's first choice, but what, I don't know what everyone. Ex- I don't want people expect him to do.
1: It's an incredibly hard league, I think, to come in. I was going to say midway. He was what a third of the way into the season when he came in. With that Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. As a coach, just navigating that must be really hard. If you want to ch- one you want to change the way you play, with, n- and yet you at that point you've still got the same squad. So you're trying to... on At training, you're trying to do things. You're trying to change the dynamic. You're trying to find some way that you're not quite so reliant on Lee Tomlins, for example, just because everything's got to go through him at the yeah. minute. Everything creative. Um, where do you actually fit that in when you're playing on a Saturday and a Tuesday? Um, so I do think it's a very difficult role to take on.
0: Again, especially when you've missed pre-season personally. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I think... I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think I think it's a huge ask. Um, I think what the Cardiff supporters are disappointed by is that there doesn't seem to be... They don't really seem to see any shoots. I think if there were some shoots and glimmers of change and style of play was just sort of loosening up a bit and wasn't quite as dogmatic as Neil Warnock had them, then maybe they'd be a bit more positive.
0: True, and I get that um I I just think he needs to be given a bit of time in the circumstances someone I have heard a few moans and groans from uh Swansea fans about Cooper to be fair and I think he's done a phenomenal job and you think the players he's lost injuries that they've had trying to play the football they play and he has tried to tweak the system a little bit they're but not
1: quite playing the football. Well, at least they weren't. Maybe that will change with the with the new arrivals. But they've.
0: I think when you look at the people who've they've lost on the playing staff, people are out of form on the playing staff. The flip side is, I do think they have a player who, like in IU, who could could play in the Premier League, and that's a big, big help. Obviously, not many teams have got that. But I I do think the way that they kind of play is is interesting. They still have a real method to what they do. And I think when you consider what he's lost, especially in Rodden as well, their best player, one of their best players, sorry, who's not been able to contribute for such a long time. I I think he's done a really, really great job. And again, using his contacts, like you said, to bring in these two lads now, uh, three lads, sorry, has been great business. I think he's done really, really well.
1: No, I mean, I I think if you'd have asked Swansea fans in the summer... When you know they had such a turnaround, um, what they would settle for in January, I think third place. Uh, sorry, seventh place in the division. Oh, that's not Miramare. With, with the with the level of loans that they've brought in in January to kickstart things, I don't think they would have argued about no, that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do think it is time for us to wrap up as we are nearly at an hour and a half. So if you're still listening to us now, <laughs> good for you. Um, I think this is what happens when we, we haven't done we this have together to, for a while. We have to talk
1: about a couple of the goals that the ladies have scored recently. Oh Christ! Yeah, we got Sophie Ingles just that and escorts just the two of them. Like it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, Ingles was
1: uh, an unbelievable technique, yeah.
0: unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I know escorts didn't Charlie Escorts didn't get the kind of the credit as it deserved because of the division in that they're in, but. Um, Again, she seemed to kind of like get a foot under it and around it at the same time. Like whipped it up <laughs> into the top corner. Ridiculous goal! Yeah. Um, those who are having their own goal of the season competition, which is great.
1: We should add that to our ch- Chad Awards list. Yeah. The goal of the season. Goal
0: of the season. Yeah. yeah. For, for the ladies. For next time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well done, Sophie Engel and Charlie Escort. You've. Uh,
1: and Tash is playing back. Yeah, Tash back. is coming back yeah. a bit.
0: I'm so excited for the for the remaining qualifiers for them. So excited! Oh God, I hope they get there. It's just too much going <laughs> on. I've got a lot on. I've got a lot on. <laughs> it's too stressful for me. Anyway, on that uh, note, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gents. We haven't had the fire brigade.
1: I know. I, I don't feel like we should sign off until we have the fire brigade. So I call them.
0: So the I, the the, I pull the fire alarm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I don't do that. Sorry. Sorry, John. Um, yeah, I won't do that. Anyway, you've been listening to us for a long, long time now. We will stop. Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gents. I hope we've been audible and comprehensible with all the absolute nonsense going on around us. We will do a podcast soon on the defenders. I think is uh, is probably our next venture. We've got uh, hopefully a few interviews lined up uh, uh, with some of the Wales women players and uh, one or two others as well. So keep your eyes out for those. Thank you very much for listening. Viva Gareth Bale. Good night.
1: Good night. Bye-bye.